world and welcome to Notorious P.O.D. I am your host, John Bass. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, friend of the show, Kanye fan, New York artist and all-round top man. Small Boss is back in the house. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, what's good, John? What's good, man? I'm really happy to be back uh, on the Notorious P.O.D. You know, I'm a big fan of the show, so it's great to be back and to uh, chop it up with you again. Mate, great to speak to you. I um, hope everything is like you're keeping well and like yeah, healthy man. in these in these crazy times that we are that we are living in. Um, don't want to don't want to don't want to dwell on that stuff too much because since the last time we spoke, there's been some big things happening for you, and obviously it's been a, a whirlwind few months, uh, culminating yeah. in the release of your of your debut album, uh, Colors Over the Wall, which is which is super hype, and I'm really excited to kind of talk about it, and we will definitely get into the nitty gritty. But uh, first of all, congratulations, well done Thank on the you, album. Thank it's, you. Um, Thank you so much. It's, a, it's, a, it's seriously, it's a great achievement. Um, and people, if you're listening to this, pause, go, go to Spotify, go to wherever you get your music, and go and listen to Colors Over the Wall by Small Boss now. And then when you're through the album, come back and you can get a full dissection with me and Small Boss of the whole album. For sure. For sure, you can hit the link orcd.co slash smallbus. Go get it. Boom, go get it. Um, but I want to I want to kind of take us back because the last time um, that we spoke was actually back in February of this year, uh, and you were on to discuss Kanye's uh, College Dropout album, and we had a yeah. lot of fun recording that episode. It was it was really good fun and really insightful. And and at the end of that episode, we were talking about you uh, releasing music, and you had a show coming up, and just, right. just generally like hustling in the music biz right yeah. uh, and since and since then kind of several things have happened so yeah. what i really want to what i really want to do is set the scene for our listeners right and i want to go back for to sure. february just after um everything happened with our pod and we recorded the episode uh, and really want to kind of find out what kind of how you got from at the time kind of recording with us and hustling and like kind of being essentially unsigned at that point to being right. able to now release your debut album and us be talking about how amazing amazing that is so the floor is yours please like give us the uh, give us the story of how things have happened and Absolutely. what's been happening yeah i think this is going to be a really cool story because when we talked in february like we had no idea anything like that happened in the next month was going to happen right like yeah Four days after we talked or whatever, how many, I think it was like four days after we talked, I had a show in Brooklyn that, that will be like the last show that we're going to play for at least a year. And that's like, you know, really upsetting because we worked really hard last year to like build up a stage show. Um, but at the same time, I'm really grateful for that opportunity because like we have a lot of video footage that people just don't have right now of yeah. live performances. And we have like these songs we put on this record are battle tested in a way where we were able to really go out into the market, play these records, you know what I'm saying? For like a ton of different people all over the East coast and get their feel for the song. So that really was cool. But going back to February, we, me and you had a great conversation and it was kind of like during that time period, if you remember the episode, um, I think there was a question like how Kanye had felt, going into his first album versus his second album or something along yes. those lines. And I had said something where I thought that uh, Kanye was more under more pressure going into the first album. And I think like, because like during that, that interview also we had talked about 808s and heartbreaks and you had said like, I'm not really a fan of auto tune. Yeah. And I let, and I let yeah. out like a, like an outrageous laugh, like uncontrollable <laughs> because just because like at that time I'm already, I'm sitting on this album that we have out right now, colors from over the wall. And I knew that we had extensively used auto tune on the album. 
And I'm like laughing just because like it's really funny to me <laughs> that th- that of course that that was said right now. You know what I mean? So it was just like ironic, but I was confident like, yo, if John hears this music though, I don't think he's gonna feel that way. I really don't. Yeah. So I felt like um just like, you know, we had a conversation, a really cool conversation about 808s and Heartbreaks. We talked about like how it was like a little more pressure because like, think about it, you're coming into your first album. And at that point, we were planning on releasing this album in May. Like that was the plan. So yep. when 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 everything went down with coronavirus the next month, it was like devastating. It was like really devastating because like we had everything lined up. It was going to be May. It was going to be cool. And it was gonna be it was gonna be the Friday before Easter, and we had planned it out because we had thought like it would be really cool. All the kids would be home from school for the whole next week, and we could just like have like a really cool marketing campaign. <laughs> Little did we know that the kids would be home from school anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it just kind of worked out really interestingly, and like so as the world is collapsing we're locking down, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do now because like our album has everything is ready it's already been done. So I was just like, let's just hang out for a month. Um, and during that time, just to talk about another project, the locked and loaded EP, which my, uh, my, my guy slam type from Portugal, uh, just as the world's locking down, I put up a post on Instagram just said, yo, hope everyone stays safe, whatever slam type. My guy, he's a producer. He, and a DJ, he messaged me on Instagram. He's like, yo, stay safe, bro. I was like, send me a couple beats. And we start getting to work on that just at home in our home studios. So like, just like think about March. I'm not even thinking about this album right now. I'm just like having fun, making yeah. these songs a slam site, chilling. Um, and I make these songs and this was really cool. Half my team loves them. Half my team hates them. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, these songs are fire, guys. Like, I don't care what anyone says right now. The whole goal of these songs was just to have fun when I went to make them. And like, I think that's exactly what everyone needs right now. So I sent them off to a contact that I had at Sony and that just set everything in motion. Cause like, and it was really funny because like literally half my team was like, don't send it, don't send it. (laughs) And I was like, yo, I'm sending this. I don't care. I don't care what you say. So we sent it and it was like literally within 30 minutes, I got hit back. They were like, yo, this song, this song, Gucci, the last song on that EP is fire. And I was like, really? Okay, great. I was like, you know, I'm trying to get in touch with someone at The Orchard because like, for me, I also have this record label, Black Tie Records. And I think like, it's important for my like vision to like, stay in control of my music as much as possible. So like, I thought, and I, if people aren't familiar with Sony Orchard, uh, they're a dis- distribution company. They merged yeah. with Sony, I think, in 2016 and fully merged with them in 2018. And uh, Sony Red Distribution was folded into them. They have a lot of uh, great people, and specifically uh, the contact that we had was at Sony Red. Um, so we were able to get the deal done a few weeks later, but it was really just... Uh, about for us keeping control of the music, keeping control of everything and the label deal allows us to do that and also release other people's music uh, as we, you know, grow as a company. So I thought that was the best angle and it, and it kind of just all the stars aligned. They were really into that song Gucci 
and at that point opened the door for us to send the rest of the music. So we sent the album. Uh, we sent wow. some more songs that are going to come out. And then, you know, they were just like, this is dope. So we were able to get the deal done. And, you know, fast forward a few months, the album is out. I don't, it was just like kind of a. It's crazy, yeah. right? So it's kind of what, what I like about what you, what you've done in that period is, is, and I think this is where a lot of artists that you hear when you hear these stories of how they do things is it's like being brave, right? It's like being an artist is, is exposing your soul and exposing your talent to the world, right? So it can be a very vulnerable place to put yourself out there. And what I, what I think is really impressive about what you, what you've done is it's very easy when you have a team of people or like group of friends and people that you respect their opinion on music. Right. And when you've got a split, a split like that, a lot of people will look at it and go, well, everyone didn't like it. So therefore it's not good or it's not going to work or it's not commercial. Right. But all the biggest selling artists in the world for as many fans as they've got, they've got people that don't like their music. Exactly. Because in order to connect with people, right, it has to it has to create something within them. And so for every kind of like positive, there's a negative and, and the kind of like rules of attraction or right? the opposites right. in, in the world. And so what I really like about that is that you've, you've obviously seen that and been like, well, look, this is kind of good, actually. There's a split in this camp because there are going to yeah. be people that really love this and want to fuck with this and, and want to listen to this like almost like fanatically. And so it kind of doesn't matter if people um, – you know, even within my circle, don't like this because there, there will be other people that will become the audience to this music that will like it and enjoy it. Right. And so I think that's like such such a great thing. And, and then just to kind of follow on from that, just for people who are kind of, you know, like, like most of us really on the outside who don't really understand deals in the music business and, and how they work. I think, right. again, like having a distribution deal as opposed to signing with directly with, say, a Sony, going through right. somewhere like The Orchard where you are in control and um, you know, your company are, are in control of things, I think is a really smart move. And, and was that like, just again, just for like for the, for the listeners, was that something that you kind of, um, you pushed for, or was that something that they came to like you with? Like how, how I, does it work? I literally feel like I manifested this. Like this is really important for the listeners for the last two years. I've been telling my team, we need to get signed to Sony orchard for the last two years. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know anyone there. Um, but we did. We just did it. After, like, I kept hammering at it, kept trying to find a way, kept trying to find a way. I did find a way. And I, I literally did ask for it. I was like, I want to sign to The Orchard. And primarily, like, the reason that you're saying is because, look, we own our masters and we are in control. We have a lot of creative control, a lot. And even everything that um, they do with us is, is more of a collaboration than, than, like, any one person making the decision which is which is all you can really ask for right it's like right. creative control is ultimately the biggest thing but you need that access to that 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 publishing that, that uh kind of distribution sorry that will right. really get you out into the market and get that visibility and also there's you know there's a certain amount of credibility that comes with you know a name um yeah certainly you, know, you could be like you know we're an artist that we're you know distributed by you know yeah. the orchard like it gives you that level of credibility right Def, I mean, definitely just because like they have an incredible roster, you know what I mean? And it, it spans like multiple genres. I mean, I think the biggest thing in music just in general right now is BTS and they're with the orchard, right? They yeah. also have run the jewels and they have, um, a ton of great artists. Like it's the list goes on and on. So I just think that being connected with the orchard who has a history of just doing great things with their artists, with their, with their projects and the labels they work with. And the fact that they have the full support of Sony Music, it just made a lot of sense for us. Um, 
I've always like, you know, looked up to a lot of artists that came from Sony music. So for me, it was like a personal thing also. Um, but I think that also to highlight that it would have never been an issue if it was universal or someone else, I would have tried to get signed probably to Ingrooves or Caroline. Um, I wouldn't have probably looked for that record deal unless it came to me. If I was looking for the deal, it was a distribution deal. Yeah. Which is, no, which is great because I think, you know, like we've just spoken about, I think like the most important thing for artists is to, to control your masters and then have creative control. And, and obviously having both of those things is, is, is huge. Um, so, so look, what I think is really interesting, right. Is, so we've, we've kind of spoken about the business side and what I, um, what I really want to get into now is, is the music side. And again, what I think is really interesting is that you've, you've kind of been working on this project and, in terms of some of the ideas, obviously around yeah. the same time we were speaking about the, about the um, Kanye college dropout album. Yes. And so it's kind of obviously been something that's you've been working on for a while. What I find really interesting and for people that are familiar with your music and, and people that will now go and listen to your music is if you listen to some of your earlier EPs and some of your earlier tracks, this album is a, in my mind is a very positive um, departure, but it is a departure. Like it's a change from the sound. Um, I would say like, it still has the very like right. core fundamentals of what you are as an artist. Sure. Um, but as soon as you like, you sent me the, the music and I was like, Oh shit, like this is like really different to what you've done <laughs> before. Um, and really so, yeah. And through the lens of that, the, the conversation about, um, auto tune and yeah. actually like using that makes for this album makes complete sense because, for me, like tonally, this album is like is elevated by that. Like it works really well, and so actually, it's, I'm I'm glad that I, that I did my um, disparaging comments about what actually didn't put you off from your focus, <laughs> which is like not saying that my opinion holds that, that much weight, but like props to you for like sticking to your guns because it really works on this album, and I think there's a lot of. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good vocals on here anyway, not just, not just good raps, but just like, you know, thank good you, thank you. Um, singing verses. And they are, they are um, added to by, by the, the effects and, and the production on this album, which is, which is really great. But you mentioned just, just briefly about you wanted to kind of create like a positive album and something that yeah. was like uplifting and, and it kind of obviously chimed with you when everything was happening. It was kind of doom and gloom in the world. And that is definitely right. what I take away from this album. It is so is. uplifting and light and positive. Um, so yeah, like just, I'd, I'd, I'd love to know, like, aside from, from the obvious of, of what we spoke to, like, what was the kind of like initial inspiration for this album? When did you start thinking, okay, this is the direction I want to take and this is what I want to create on this album? So first of all, I'm super happy that like, uh, you were into the auto tune because like when you said that to me was like gold in my mind, like just like in the moment, if you go back, listen to that podcast, that was like like a, like a very organic reaction and yeah. um yeah i mean like like for sure i was gonna go with it because like like i said on that on that um podcast i really think autotune does elevate music if you use it the right way if you yeah. if you use it in a way where a lot of people have used it in the past it got a bad reputation but i think that uh there's super cool things that could be done with it so uh just to touch on that a little bit, but the inspiration for this album started, which is really cool with the last song. Any second was the first song to be written yep. for this album. And the chorus for that song is flying through the sky getting high on some marijuana, better with this life and I'll find myself a better one. I'm tired of the lies. I'm buying what you selling. Yeah. I'm trying, trying, trying finna rise up any second. And 
the chorus for that song was written while I was sucking traffic three days before I got laid off from the last job I ever had in my life. And I was running late um, on the way into Manhattan to this big sales conference. I was a regional sales manager for a uh, solar panel company. And I was just like so miserable. I had already been like in the solar industry for so long. And I don't know if you're familiar with the solar industry at all, but those companies go out of business like every six months. So it was like every couple of years I was working my way up these companies and they were just getting closed. And I was just like, yo, like this is ridiculous. But just everything culminating in one moment, I'm sitting in traffic. I keep on singing this one line, flying through the sky and high on some marijuana. Couldn't, Couldn't think of anything else. I parked my car. I paid like $50 for parking. I was walking into uh, the sales conference. Literally, I opened the door and I'm just like, fed up with this life and I'll find myself a better one. Right. And then I was the next line, uh, tired of the lies. I'm buying what you're selling as I'm like teaching these people how to sell these $30,000 equipment. And we had sold like $30 million. And I was just like, literally just like talking the most nonsense to these people all the time and i just like literally so like tired of the lies like because i was just like yo this is what we're doing this is what the world is to me like everything Mm -hmm. is a sale everything is for sale and it's all a fucking sales pitch that's how i felt and that's how i still kind of feel um and i was miserable i was miserable so (laughs) literally three days later i got laid off from my job and i was like yo this is like god just doing this for me because like I don't think I would have maybe done it on my own but I'm never gonna have another job again I told myself I was like I'm never gonna do it ever again I'm not putting my life in anyone else's hands so I just got to work and the next month we were in the studio recording recording this album we started working it took two years to record this album probably like probably like over 300 hours of studio time the last batch was like seven songs and that took over 100 hours probably um and it was a process, man. It was a great, it was a great process. But right from that beginning of just getting laid off and looking ahead, I was like, yo. And also looking around. At that time, we had like XXX Tentacion, Juice World, Lil Xan. Everything was sad and it was going this way. And it still is kind of like a sad down. We still rest in peace. We had Mac Miller. Um, and his last album was very sad too. And I just felt like, yo, I want to make something that's not sad. I don't want, I'm not sad. Yeah. Like, I'm just not sad. I, I look around, everything is sad, and, like, I'm not feeling that. So, like, it just kind of came together, and this album was done. This album was done before coronavirus. So, like, when that happened, I was just like, yo, it kind of just lined up. I really think the world needed this at this time, you know? Yeah, which is, which is, which is basically what I, what I took from this album. I'm kind of shocked that, like, the whole process was almost, like, two years because it's very, like, cohesive. Like, it feels like very of, of a moment where you were like, I'm just feeling this, like wave of we need to just inject a little bit of like lightness and happiness into what's, yeah. what's happening um which, which i think i think that <laughs> that's indicative of the problem what you just said because like mm-hmm. yeah it's been like two years we needed to inject some lightness into the world it's not you know it's an ongoing thing it's even probably before that i've been really like uh childhood dreams was like the second song i wrote i think for the album and like that came out last time but like I was just talking about like look like look up from your cell phones and look around look around there's so many problems with the world right now like yeah i i don't know i feel like uh this this kind of positivity is needed for more than just me and i hope that i could like inspire more people to even just kind of go this way 
Yeah, for sure. And also, I, I like the fact that um, that you haven't gone route one with like, oh, it's coronavirus. It's so sad. Let's be happy. It's just, these are just like independently of what's happening in the world. This is just like a positive album. Like you could put this on in kind of, you know, in yeah. any time, and this would kind of be uplifting and and like kind of positive and um and yeah like really genuinely well done i think it's Thank a very you. well um very well crafted album and like i said it was it was just really interesting because you know you speak to people um and you get a feel for the kind of like their music taste and you listen to like their their stuff that's out of the time and earlier stuff right. and for me it was like you were, you were making kind of very modern uh hip-hop and yep. like just straight, straight rapping and like bars uh yep. just like you know modern instrumentals and so I, that's what i was expecting i was expecting new songs <laughs> of an album and then right. you know just like the the album like kind of begins and i'm like oh, hang on I'm like the body is the first track right and i was like yeah i was like this is an interesting intro i was like oh, where's this going <laughs> and then and then like as the album progresses like there are a lot of songs kind of of, of that ilk that like kind of build into like these the nice melodies and like nice right. um, bits Thank going you. on and it was just really like re- it was really refreshing and so so yeah prop, props for that um, and was you. that so you obviously mentioned like you wanted to inject some positivity but like right. musically um, this is obviously a bit of a change and departure so like for how sure. did you how did you approach that and like what was your thinking like I just want to do something like completely different um, or was it a case of like something triggered that like what was the trigger point for the change of direction musically for you well i do have like we um like you said you were surprised that it took two years we actually rewrote like 40 songs for this album wow and like uh i think the songs for this album like could have gone so many different ways even i think because uh like it was like a like a, a period of time and it and it's it's continuing on. So I don't think that like we're go, we're moving away from like the raps and the bars. But I think that like my albums, like my proper albums, I just want them to be like the highest level of myself in that moment, and yeah. continuously get better. And I never made an album like a real album before. So like my my favorite albums, like I think we talked about a bunch of them, like Get Rich or Die Trying and yeah. College Dropout and the and the Black Album or like even uh, Volume One. Like they all had like a certain vibe um, and like just like set the tone for like their time period almost. So I felt like how how does a guy like me, I'm just like a like at this point, I was like a 23 year old kid. I was living in New York City. I, you know, hated my job. I just broke up with my girlfriend who I didn't even really like that much. Um <laughs> We've all been there, bro. We've all been there. And, you know, but like then I was still having sex with her so that was also part of the theme of just like what's going on in my life and i didn't really like like a lot of the stuff i was seeing in the world like i just felt like yo let's put positivity let's change it let's do something completely different i don't even know like if i can call this straight hip-hop like my friend was joking to me he's like this is like hip-hop and i was like that's kind of cool though i kind of like that hip-hop um and I'm not trying to like whitewash hip hop. I still like this is a hip hop rap album, but like we went pop on this album, but like not in a whack way. I think um, I like pop music, so I think that like those instrumentals and those beats are more like aligned with just how I'm actually feeling. I don't know. To me, I also felt at a certain point we were playing shows all the time, yeah. and aggressive songs are cool. I love to go to aggressive rap concerts, but. I never really thought about like I'm there with my boys a lot. 
when you go to the show and you're on stage, like I want like to have like a lot of girls having fun dancing at my show. They're not going to dance to me saying, I'm going to shoot you in the face. So probably unless you're pop smoke, you can make it sound cool. But like, that was not where I was at. I was like, yo, I want to make some songs that are fun, that we can have fun to. And that have like a dope beat that really feel more like where I'm at. Just like, and then, but I don't want to sacrifice my bars. I don't want to sacrifice my songwriting. So I felt like it was just like finding a place for me to do my thing. Like, I don't know. I thought that uh, the music was just how it should be. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, I guess it wasn't a conscious decision to say we're going to go one way or another. It was just like how it, how it felt. It just felt like these, these were the vibes. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm really like glad that you um, the breached the subject of, of the album being like commercially minded. Or like right. commercially like sounding, right? Because yeah. it's become almost like a dirty word to be like, oh, it's it's commercial or it's it's I pop. think that's the wackest thing ever. I think that yeah, yeah, for I, sure. yo, my my record label, Black Tie Records, we specialize in hip hop, pop, and R and B. Pop being exactly. the second, the second thing that we focus on. Because I like that shit. And you know who else likes that shit? Every other person in the world. Um, exactly. Exactly. Drake, and that's the thing. It's Drake like, is yeah, exactly. the biggest pop star in the world, right? He's not a pop he's not a doctor, he's a pop star, right? So um yeah i think that exactly exactly that yeah. like who cares like that For shit sure. being a dirty word is whack because even the the hardest rapper that be, makes it to the top is pop in their genre pop just means popular right like exactly i mean there's like you there's this, this is what i think is like in hip-hop is like there's so many contradictions <laughs> like of what we consider to be like acceptable so like you know, right. you, can, you can go through every, even some of the classic albums, like in the sort of like what I consider to be the golden era, like early 90s hip hop records, right? There's always a radio friendly uh, track on there. That's like sure. essentially a pop, what we now would put in, like it would be played on like mainstream radio and people wouldn't bat an eyelid. There's always been an LL Was Cool Was not a pop record though? Big, of course. <laughs> Like, of course it was. And this is what I mean is like, in hindsight, people are like, oh yeah, well that was radio friendly. It's like, yeah, it's a pop record. It's, it became popular and became mainstream popular yeah, music. Of course. It's and also so why, one of the best why rap is, songs ever. Exactly. So why is hip hop immune to being popular? It's almost like we're kind of holding ourselves down as an art form and being like, oh, well, we can never be pop because it can never be popular. Hip hop is the biggest music form yeah. in the world. It is Period. pop essentially, right? It, so yeah. It defines yeah. every pop song takes hip hop elements. Um, like just everything that goes on in culture right now is defined by hip hop. And the more I started to feel like that, I was just like, yo, like, I don't know. I really want my shows to be fun and full of girls that are having fun and dancing or, you know, I don't know, not just girls, like just people in general, where however you're trying to get down. I want people to come out to my show, have a good time, drink a few drinks, get loose, chill after the show, go smoke some weed or something and get laid or whatever i don't know that's what i'm trying to that's the kind of vibes i'm trying to send out exactly and, and to be honest like it, re it really works on this album and i think it's great and i, I think like there's a, for me there's there's a difference right between hip-hop artists or artists who um have hip-hop and, and rappers part of their repertoire and there are just like rappers and spitters and and mcs right. and you, you occasionally get both who like can cross over but like you know i'm just the first thing that pops into my mind is like friend of the show Tony D, one of the best battle rappers this country's ever produced, right? He right. he writes some of the best bars I've I have ever heard. And I'm talking like anywhere, classic albums. He has written some ridiculous rhymes. I, sure. I called him an artist. I called him an artist once in uh, <laughs> when, we, 
scutching. He's like, I ain't an artist. I'm a rapper. He's like, I'm a rapper. Damn. Just, That's interesting. Like, yeah. And so he kind of sees it as a, not as a badge of honor, but he's like, I know what I am. I don't write songs. I, like, I haven't got the range sure. to sing a hook. Like, I just will write you and spit you and deliver you unbelievable bars. That's what I'm about. And so yeah. I think like, for yourself it's like you're an artist like this this for you is an artistic expression and you've created an album that represents your repertoire of of skills so yeah man sure. I, like seriously it's, it's great and um really enjoyed it i just want I to think like you know like hove said like Sorry. we both love hove he said yeah. dumb down from audience double my dollars they criticize me but they all for but they all yell holla right exactly and if you look at i mean if you look at any of the early jay-z albums right every single one of those albums has a couple of tracks that are like proper, proper commercial and pop. I, yeah, I think like my favorite Jay-Z album is Volume 1, and that's a pop album. There's like the whole thing that was like produced by Diddy, and that that was dope. But it was like, actually a lot of people didn't like it at the time. But yeah. in, New York, in New York and in certain circles, like if you go to the club today, you're going to hear a lot of songs from Volume 1 in the club. I think, well, you're not, no one's going to the club today. But just sure. in February or March, I was in the club and they were spinning like multiple records from volume one. And I was like, that is interesting to me because like, you're not even playing that many songs from Blueprint. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But this is what I mean. It's like, it becomes, it becomes a bit like crazy because people will turn their nose up at certain stuff. But when you actually start interrogating some of the stuff, you're like, actually, look, you know what? These are quite commercial records like this. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's a music business. It is a business. Exactly. And For all the artists out there, fuck that shit. Like, just make yeah. music. Just make music, man. For sure. Um, <laughs> just want to, just before we have a quick break, I just wanted to get into one um, really interesting fact on here because I think it was really interesting. Like, reading through um, some of the press release stuff. Sure. I saw some of the features on the album are really interesting in terms of like um, people that they'd collaborated with. Um, so sure. I just Definitely. thought it'd be like, it'd be good to just like get your input in terms of like, um, how they came about and, you know, a little bit of background on some of the features on the, uh, on the album. For sure. Shout out to everyone who featured on the album. First of all, uh, shout out Chauncey Matthews, Angela Workman, Eve Minor, a risk, uh, Will Harris, who produced the record, um, like-minded Anthony LaCastro on the drums, but specifically like a certain people that have like, uh, just like stellar resumes that, um, like you wouldn't believe like Angela Workman has worked with uh, Ray Charles, BB King, Eminem, um, Chauncey Matthews worked with Talib Kweli, Lala Hathaway. Um, yeah. Like incredible people, you know what I'm saying? Incredible, incredible. And, and that's not to take away from anyone else because, um, you know, Eve Minor is a rising star in the pop punk scene and a, a risk, you know, is rising as a vocal talent in LA right now. Um, and he was in some sessions, you know, working on a, on a Chris Brown project. I know uh, he's a really great songwriter. Um, pretty much everyone on the album was really talented. When we locked in for the album, I had already had a vision really like coming in. Like, I want this kind of voice on this song, this kind of voice on this song. And it was like something I pushed for in the studio because I don't know if a lot of the listeners have a real studio experience, but there's a lot of studio musicians. It becomes easy to say, yo, we'll just have this guy do this song and this song. And it becomes really easy to do that. So like, if you don't like say like, yo, nah, this guy might not be right for this. We need to go out and really seek out a specific sound that I'm looking for. And you got to be able to say that. Um, that's how the songs, that's how the songs came about. And specifically, that's how we got Chauncey on body. Yeah. Mate, great. Great to hear that because um. 
yeah, like I said, I read, read through the you know the notes, and I was like, actually, this right. is really this is really great because you know I think it's a nice mixture of obviously like people that are up and coming, people that are like kind of on their own journeys, right. uh, and that, that's what it's all about in these um, early projects for me. It's like you know there's so many great albums, or like debut albums that have features from people that go on to do great things as well as the the main right. artists. So it's always nice. I'm always interested by features and, and how they came about. So appreciate. For sure, that. I, I think that a lot of them are new, but you're going to hear a lot more from them. And uh, just like what I think is really cool is you're saying like debut albums and stuff. It is funny to know that Angela Workman was also on Eminem's Infinite album. Oh, right? wow. It's yes, a little that's weird, crazy. right? Yeah. Wow, it's kind of crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Really cool. All right. Well, look, let's have a real quick break. Um, and then I really want to get into um, a little bit more about the inspiration behind the name of the album, the artwork, because, again, it's like a real um eye catcher and like it's really interesting sure. you, thank like, you man totally totally like kind of changed the way that it is uh and just talk about some of your favorite tracks and a little bit more about um some of the other stuff that we um yeah, we'll get into so it, man yeah for sure exactly so we'll be back very briefly welcome back to notorious pod i am still joined by small boss and we are talking about his new debut album, Colors Over the Wall. Yo, yo. Um, oh, bro, I want to get straight into, into the track list. I'm always sure. fascinated, right, by artists' um, view of their own material, right? Because I guess <laughs> all songs are like your babies. But right. like, like everyone, like music is, is ultimately a thing that moves the soul. And some things move the soul more than others. So I'm really curious to find out like your favorite tracks from the album and, and maybe just like a couple of stories behind you know, the, the creation of, of those tracks and, and how they came about and the ideas for the songs. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, songs are so personal that it becomes like really hard to like narrow it down sometimes. But then there's always the few that like you just say, you know, wow. And I don't know if it's just um, the songwriting in the end of the day, it becomes like more about like production and everything that goes into the song that makes a song great that because like so writing songs like i don't know i have so many songs i've written so many songs since this album like like my favorite i all of them are my favorite for a certain reason or you know what i mean on a, on a specific day how i'm feeling um but i think that when we were working on the album first day we laid probably four four vocal takes for like four different tracks um and body really stood out to me body really this was on like a a later sessions like we had already done like 200 hours recorded about half the album and then we had gone back in to uh that at that point we had gone back in to like make the album you know what i mean take the songs that we liked and put it all together and and find something that we we really were happy with and uh when i left the studio those two days i was flying to houston to to perform on fox uh to promote a song that we had done out there and um on the plane, I turned to my boy DJ DL and I was just like, yo, I really think body is like just going to be some kind of like standout track on the record. I didn't know at that point, which was going to be the single. I just knew I was like, yo, body, something special. Um, and just a little bit to go into like the backstory of body. Like we, like I had wrote body. I have a tradition or I write a song every January 1st for the last four years. I did that. Oh, wow. Okay. And I don't, fuck around um it was a conscious decision on the first year i was like yo fuck new year's eve i don't give a fuck i'm about to make this my year i wrote that i wrote i wrote a song like i stayed i stayed home i wrote a song all night um 
every year ever since then I did it. So yeah, man, it was this is just my vibe. Um, so this was New Year's Day, 2019, two thirty in the morning. Um, I always go into the New Year rapping, uh, and I was just sitting there vibing. I was like, "Yo, just got through with this relationship," like I was talking about before, and I was just like, "Yo, I ain't trying to body you, body you, but I gotta say goodbye to you, body you." I was like, "Yo, that's kind of catchy." So I don't know. I just found this beat, started working on the record. I stayed up probably to like seven in the morning. I wrote the first draft of it. Almost forgot about it. And then I showed my manager like two months later. She's like, yo, that song is incredible. <laughs> the problem was, right, I couldn't really uh, get it to sound the way I wanted. And I was like, I don't know what I don't know what the problem is. When we get to the studio, I was like, yo, turn on the auto tune. As soon as we turn on the auto tune, it just clicked. It just sounded great. Um, and that's just like a kind of example of like, sometimes you just, it just, you put the auto tune on, it just kind of helps it blend with the beat more and yeah. kind of get into sync a little bit. And the thing that people don't understand, like T-Pain, for example, is an incredible singer. Like to yeah. be able to use auto tune the right way, you really need to be able to hit those notes and still have a really good understanding of like music and melodies and just like, almost like the songs are written in a way where once you hit the notes with the auto tune, it's going to sound a certain way. That's how I kind of look at it. And I think that like, I do that even sometimes without knowing it because like, just like for example, with body, when we turned it on, it just kind of clicked. And if you listen to that record now, it was really cool. But what we decided to do is like, um, add a, a what I said at the beginning was let's have a soulful voice. So when we yeah. worked with, um, we knew we were going to get, uh, a risk for the next song fall for you the second song on the album and yeah. it was an option for us to go with a risk for body and i was like this is not the right voice not the right it's not the right one and a risk is a great singer but he's like a really cool like pop singer and i need something that's pop but also has more soul to it yeah. that's when we got uh chauncey on board he's just killed it you know what i mean and then what was cool was we had chauncey and a risk in the studio at the same time so um, a risk is an incredible songwriter, like I mentioned, and he was able to kind of guide Chauncey in a way that pushed his sound, uh, also into more of a pop way with the, uh, harmonies than, uh, we might've went otherwise. So it was cool. You could, you could still get a little bit of an a risk feel on the song as well, uh, which was great. Yeah. And, and I, like in terms of like the sound, so again, cause it's the first track of the album, right? It's kind of like yeah. an introduction to the way the album sets out and to me it's like right. it's almost like kind of all of the songs on this album like are kind of without that no pun intended embodied in this in body <laughs> song um and it reminded me like i mean it's very different but like in terms yeah. of like the feel it reminded me of going uh, we're going home by drake because it kind okay. of like it kind of builds and also on on that record like he also has uh featured ice this jordan Magid, i think on on uh we're right going home. right Right. And and so it's like a little bit half wrapped, a little bit vocal, you know, a little bit yeah, of uh, auto. And so it just it just really that was the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, it's not That's the same a really song. Cool comparison. That's really yeah. cool because but like just, uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. I was listening to like that album, a bunch of albums. Towards the end of the music, I started like just like trying not to listen to like anyone to like just like keep it consistent. But like, um, which is funny is that I was listening to going home more like when we did qualify, which we'll talk about that like uh, in a second. But um, 
the guy who mastered going home, uh, just so long we're going home also mastered this record. Oh, wow. There you go. That's crazy. Well, wow, yeah. that's really interesting. So yeah, I mean, that was like, you know, when you just have these like, things that pop into your head, right? You hear, right. A, you hear a song or you see the first scene of yeah, a movie. Shout out to Chris Athens. Else. He's a legendary mastering engineer, did a great job on the album. It's funny that you say that though. That really is interesting. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, right? But I, think, but I think this is going back to what we were talking about, which is like, there's actually like a lot of synergy in terms of like those artists that are, that are creating like songs that like, we're going home. It's not, it's not a hip hop record, but it is right. a hip hop record, right? It's, it's a hip hop record made by, sorry, it's a non hip hop record made by a hip hop artist. So it has that yeah. influence, but it's not, you wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, that's hip hop. You'd be like, well, that's, that's a pop record. Right. And yeah. So that's what I think you've captured on body. And actually on, on thank you. Thank you. Album. I mean, that's a huge compliment. Yeah. I remember, I remember cause like I'm a huge hip hop fan just in general watching an interview of Drake, uh, during that release cycle. And he had said something like, just hold on. We're going home was for him, like an attempt to make a timeless record, something that could be compared to like a Michael Jackson or something. I don't know. It's up to the listeners to say if he succeeded or not, but just hold on. We're going home. We'll probably make a pretty decent, like wedding song or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, (laughs) This yeah. is the thing. Is, uh, you've got you've got to like aim to create what you want to like create. So there's no point in being like, oh well, I'm just going to make this. Like this is fine. It's like no, I want I want to try and create something that's on the same level yeah. as a Michael Jackson. For like, sure, that I is mean, what everyone should be aiming for, right? Yeah, every producer, every artist that I talk to while making this record, I talk to some pretty cool people, um, and some people with some really big hits, and they told me that every hit they ever made, they wrote it with the intention of it being a hit. Up until that point, everyone had told me no one ever wrote a song with that they thought was going to be a hit, and it was a hit. So, when you get it right from the horse's mouth, from the people who I'm talking about have sang some really big hits, I don't want to drop any names, but um, they told me, yo, we wrote these hits planning for them to be hits. When yeah. I went home that day, everything changed. Everything changed. And I wrote a lot of the songs on that album after that conversation on this album because like that really just changed my perspective i was like really you guys everyone had told me always no one ever wrote a song with the intention of it being a hit but i was like yeah of course every song they said every song all the producers that made huge songs too every song we ever did was was intended to be a hit of course yeah i mean if you if you think about it like pretty much since the idea of like verse chorus verse bridge like ever since those ideas of songs should be roughly three minutes to three minutes day, like, right. but those like all of those ideas aren't for art, therefore <laughs> our records, right? They are no, exactly, make, exactly. Make I think yeah, and I mean, like yeah, and I'm not even trying to like I'm not like six nine, like oh my god, we have so many hits or whatever. Like I'm trying to say like we like I hope that these songs would be big hits one day, but I think that uh, I think that's also for the listeners to decide. I just think that. Every song that I make nowadays, I do it the same way that they said. Just like, I'm going to approach this. Like, I'm planning for this to be a hit. Like you said, I don't even know. Body doesn't follow us uh, a uh, standard like uh, song structure, actually, if you ask me. I mean, it does. It does. But it has a uh, interesting like song verse bridge in the middle that like isn't actually like uh, so traditional. You know, it happens. Like you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just hold on we're going home but like i actually find it really fun sometimes to try and break that and still make it a pop song but like you're right yeah, you sure. are 100 percent right with uh the fact that it's chorus verse chorus fall for you for example uh chorus verse chorus but the verses are pretty long um which also is a little bit of a way to like mix it up um 
I just think that you want to try and be unique when you're writing your songs. Maybe not try and fall into a formula, but yeah, make the song with the intention of it being the best song you ever made. For sure. For sure. And that's really, really interesting. And I think, I think that's, that's good advice, right, for people out there. So that's cool. Um, when we asked for questions for this pod, we had a couple of people ask about a very specific track and they wanted to, to get your insight on your motivation for it and just a bit, bit behind it, which was um, Qualified. Um, so I think yeah, actually the, the, the quote was qualified is fire and actually it was fire <laughs> emojis. Uh, why, why did you write it? So, um, yeah, maybe it'd be great to just tell us a little bit about, about that track. That's another track that really surprised us, you know, and it's funny because we wrote that song before a few other songs, not before body, but, um, it was kind of a benchmark song for us. It was kind of like, yo, we need to, now that we wrote qualified, we can't make anything less than qualified. Um, and it's, but it also surprised us because once we made these other songs, we were like, yeah, for sure. Qualified is great, but that's why we put it in the middle of the album. We just thought it was like a great song that will stand out, but it wasn't the best song on the album. A lot of people have reached out and said, Hey, qualified is really good. So, uh, you guys can go check that out. My album colors from over the wall is in stores right now. But, uh, the reason that I wrote that song was just like, I'm saying, like I was pissed off again. I was pissed off. Some, some conversation I'd had. Uh, and someone was trying to just like, like, tell me like, again, again, like, tell me how to do something that I, that I was like, yo, like either tell me this is not how someone gets on. This is not how people, uh, make hit records. We're not going to get signed. I heard this all the time for two years, all the time, every, every two weeks, I would say at least every two weeks, one person in my team would have a panic attack and say some crazy shit to me, literally. And I was always like, yo. This is not how you make it. This is not how you make it. How you make it is you keep your head down and you work. You work hard, you work relentlessly, and you don't ever stop. That's, that's what I believed throughout the whole time. So uh, going back to my sales like, uh, days, like one of the big things we always had to do to, to like, uh, make sure someone was good for a sale is to qualify them and make sure that they were able to pass the credit check and things like that. And that always was just like something I always used to, after I left the sales uh, job, this was probably like a year later, I always used to just say that to people. They're like, you're not qualified to tell me, to tell me this. You're not qualified to, to say this to me. What are your qualifications? I used to say it to the people all the time because like it really did start to piss me off when it was like, yo, this, if someone said to me like, we, we're not doing the right thing, I'm like, yo, but I don't know. This is what Jay-Z did. So what are your yep. qualifications? That's what I was saying. So... <laughs> So I just got really pissed off one day. It was a beautiful day outside. I remember the sun was shining. I just was chilling. I just was smoking. And I heard this beat, the qualified beat. And I was like, I heard that guitar. And I just started singing the chorus like, please don't tell me how to live my life. I don't think that you are qualified. And I was like, okay. Then I was like, wait a second. Isn't that like a kind of like a, a riff off of uh, Miss Jackson, Outcast? Yeah. So I sang it again. Yeah. I sang it again. And I was like, yeah. Oh. The apologize part. Okay, that's kind of cool, though. I like that little vocal sample thing. So we ran with it. I just ran with it, wrote the song. It was so fun. And then the song to me was about, like um, like I said, about, like, just don't tell me how to live my life. But I didn't want it to be like that. Like, none of these songs on this album I wrote, and I was like, if you listen to them, they're more stories. Like, And even like yeah. going back to the college, college dropout episode, like I said, like that album is like a movie without the visuals. Like That's how I try and write my songs, too. And I, I want you to like feel like uh, you could just escape in, the, in these songs. Like My favorite albums, when I, 
like the best listening experiences I've probably ever had. I just was staring at a wall and I didn't even realize because the album is so good. I didn't care what I was looking at. I was just all about what I was hearing. And this song started, like I said, with that chorus. Um, and then the verse goes, uh, it starts with, we don't know nothing about you. So this was like more of like a, a play on the story because like my visual, my visual element of like, what am I painting the picture of? I personally saw like a girl in the middle of a dance floor in a club. Nobody, she's alone. Nobody knows her. She's shy. Everyone's dancing. She doesn't, she doesn't know what to do. Um, or she doesn't know where, if she fits in or not. And, uh, she, like, she, she decides like to cut loose. This was the story that I painted in my head to write this song. And, um, the same thing though, it's just like the same thing. Like people were saying this to me, like, we don't know who, like people say like, who are you? How are you going to achieve your goals? Uh, everybody's chasing dollars, you know, like just the same thing going back to the club. Like this girl could be looking around the club and everyone has like their nice expensive clothes and she just doesn't know if she fits in. She's just like a random girl from the city or whatever. And this is where I felt like this is where I was at. I'm a 23 year old, 24 year old kid in New York city. It's so expensive to live here. I'm hustling just to be an artist. Now I decided I'm never going to go get another job again. Everyone is either a hundred percent behind me or they're like giving me a, a, a hard time. And it's like, changing every day so i'm like yo i can't like listen to these people i don't care i just don't care what you say and it's not even to be an asshole it's just like yo maybe like you just can't understand it because you're not in this situation of how bad i want it but i remember like i read all these books i read all these things and like one of the things always stuck with me was like was like if you you'll once you want it more than you want to breathe that's when you'll get it that's really true too and so I wrote this song just thinking like, yo, don't tell me how to live my life. You're not qualified. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. My team was also telling me at the same time, like, maybe you shouldn't be promoting like smoking or like we should change your image a little bit. So I was like, fuck that. You're going to smoke as much until you can't even, you don't even know what the fuck is going on. I think I said, you, uh, you smoke till you can't even feel your face. Because I was like, I don't give a fuck. But really, if you listen to that song, it's about someone like a young guy in the city or whoever just not giving a fuck and also like maybe you could see that visual i had of this girl in the club she's cutting loose she's gonna get on the dance floor she's gonna have fun and no one in in the in the club is gonna fuck with her or she's not gonna care what they think anyways because she, they, they're not important that was really what i was thinking about when i wrote that song yeah and i, and I think I, like I, that certainly comes across and like for me it's also it's like this this idea of like authenticity right it's like yeah. this this is you know, it's interesting that they were like, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't like promote the whole smoking thing. But it's like, but that is, that is like fundamentally like a thing that you enjoy and that you do. So it's like, I think it's a, a fine balance between like changing things to make it more mass appeal, but also like keeping that um, kind of sense of who you are, which is really important. So I, yeah. I guess like from, from there, one of the things that I'm really interested in is actually like finding out about like the inspiration for the name of the album and also the artwork because the two things go kind of hand in hand in my mind one yeah. of the really interesting things and i mean this like sincerely is i've had trouble writing the running order because obviously my uh my mac is set up for uk english not right. american english right so every time i write color it wants me to um it wants me to add a u yeah, and so it's causing me no end of problems. But like, <laughs> just for just for, for the listener, like it'd be really good to um, get your view and and kind of reasoning behind and like what was the inspiration for the we name of the album? We almost put the U. We almost put the U. 
it was like uh yeah we tried every every variant of once we decided what the album title was going to be just to see how it would look stylistically but um colors from over the wall was really hard really hard to come up with this title because like i like i said i had to embody this vibe which is like super complicated like we just talked for almost an hour and i and i feel like we we only just scratched the surface of what all this album could be um sure. even though we went we went in in, de- in depth there's so much about like what this album means to me and i think that like how can you capture all that and i knew i wanted it to be a statement and it didn't want it to just be like whatever a blah like kind of title like maybe it was either going to be one word or a sentence um so we had tried a ton of different things we were in a studio one day and like my producer like stepped out of the studio for a second i was like looking at the gear and there's this piece of gear we were using called the super vibe and i was like maybe that could be the title but i was like yo super vibe is whack so so like (laughs) so like we just i was like fuck all right like we so where i was actually talking to a risk during the time that chauncey was literally recording probably like some back backgrounds for uh body and i had said like yo these songs to me feel like colors like every song every song to me has a different color and i try to express this the best way if you go on my instagram there's a few other places i posted it up the back cover of the album like every song title i put in a certain color and that's the color that i feel like it really feels like when i hear them and um I, I still didn't know how to like express that. So then like I was just chilling at home, smoking weed, of course. Uh, that was just to, to add, you know, salt to the wound of the last conversation. But uh, <laughs> I was just chilling and I was like, you know, man, we really we, we're, we're making this album. It's really great. We really made it. We're, we're over the wall. We're over the wall. We made it. Like I felt like I was like, what does that even mean over the wall? And I looked it up on my phone and it's like to escape. It said like to escape, to be from like a, a escape from your prison, from like your prison. I was like, that's how I really feel though. That's literally how I feel. I feel like everything that was holding me down, that got me pissed off and made me inspire me to write this album, uh, like the job I hated and the ex-girlfriend and everything that was in my way, that was my wall. That was my prison and getting over the wall allow me to see these colors so i literally took it like literally and i was like what if like the whole society what if we're all trapped behind this wall and i made it over there and this is could be my message to the world of of reporting back like a new world that i found like you know like the the uh adventurers the people the explorers of of the last however long the last decade or century when when they discovered new lands or probably even longer than that but uh, you know what I mean? Just like a, a new Lewis and Clark or C- Christopher Columbus or some shit, just going out, but not those guys because they're scum. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Like kind of funny, like a, a like a brave new world, right? Something that is is exciting. That's how I it's feel. It's like yeah, yeah like yeah. I went into this, ventured into this new territory, and I'm saying like I know so many people who hate their job who are just so terrified. Like I know so many people who wish that they were a part of Black Tie for the last two years and could have been a part of this journey now, who just didn't want to like take the risk and i wish that i could say to you yo come now but like that's not fair to the people who did who did put the work in and that's like what i like to like tell people like i read a story about uh mark zuckerberg and he invited five friends to his dorm room to talk to them about making this new thing called facebook and only two of them showed up and now both of those guys are billionaires um so i just think like you know when your friend hits you up like like that whole thing was saying something like, yo, your friend believes in you. If they hit you up, they see something in you. I really feel that's true. 
And I, it makes me sad sometimes when some of the people that started with us, they couldn't ride it out. Um, but at the same time, it makes me happy for the people that did. For sure. For sure. And I actually think like, so for me, when I heard that um, album title and saw the artwork, for me, like, again, like my mind kind of works in a simpler way too, which is like, I hear things and then it like, it like kind of triggers things in my mind. Right. And I, I kind of associate right. like music to like, not necessarily to colors, but to like either other art forms. Right. And the first thing I thought about when I saw this album, and I read the title, there's a song by Bill Withers called, can we pretend? Okay. And one of the, one of the lyrics in, in the song is let's paint a picture of tomorrow with no colors from today. Yeah. And so when, when I saw this um, artwork, uh, for, for the listeners who haven't seen it yet, it's basically like, I would kind of describe it as almost like how I see it is like this beautiful kind of courtyard on a, on a lake in this very like idyllic middle of nowhere. But it's like, it's like drawn like a painting. So the colors yeah. are really vivid and it's really almost like pastel and it's like really nice. So it kind of, when I read the title, I was kind of like, this is almost like how you described, right? You literally climb over this wall that you've been like scared of for all this right. time. And you keep peeking over and be like, oh, it looks nice in there. You don't go over. There's no, there's no sign saying that don't come over. There's nothing there other right. than just this wall that you could easily get over. And you right. keep seeing these colors from over the wall. And you decide, actually, do you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm just going to go over that wall and see what it is. And when you get there, it's just this beautiful courtyard. And it's just right. this world to explore. That's and I don't exactly know if this right. is on purpose. Right? I don't know if this is on purpose. So maybe I'm, I'm giving you too much credit here, right? But when I look at the artwork, at the end of the courtyard, there's this lake. And what yeah. looks to be like a gate, and the gate is open, which uh-huh. I saw. It's like I read it as like a metaphor, like okay, this is just this is just the beginning. Like you've got over the wall, and now you've got the whole yeah, like the whole the whole world ahead of us, and so much to. And you know what? Like uh, I I don't I didn't d- create this visual. I uh, we went to a very talented, award winning uh, watercolorist named Shamu Umair uh, from uh, Pakistan, I believe. And, um, she was really, really great and helped us bring the vision to life. And when I first saw like the, the rough draft, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is, of course, this is it. And, uh, just like with the colors of the flowers, I was really also trying to just like celebrate life. Like that's also another theme of this album. Uh, and, and that I wanted to express, especially visually on the, on the, uh, album covers. Like I want to celebrate just like God's creation, just like, like flowers. I want to celebrate air i want to celebrate being alive that's how i feel that's that's like the opposite of everyone i felt else in the music industry who's like i want to you know not be alive or something more dreary but i feel uh i felt like this was like perfect and we designed this during now this we cover we designed during coronavirus like peak coronavirus here in new york city and i remember sending it to my aunt when it got done and she's like i want to go there and I was like, that's yeah. perfect. That's perfect. Like, that is the reaction that I want people to feel. Like, I want to go there too. Like, I'm here, I feel like, in my mind. But, like, it's just, like, uh, something that you can really do, you could do for yourself, um, is is go over your own wall and see those colors. And they might look different to you. I'd love to hear about it. Um, but I think that uh, that's exactly right. And it makes me really happy that, that you got that vibe from it too. Just, like... Uh, to, to when you looked at it because yeah that's exactly the kind of thing i want people to know is like there's there's shit out there man that they don't want they don't want to promote as much maybe because like the whole system relies on us all like doing our thing but yeah 
I also don't know if I believe that. I think that certain people want to do like those jobs, but certain people that don't want to, like, that's okay. There's other people that do want to do it. You go do what you want to do. I don't think that, you know, you're locked into this thing. I think that someone will fill your place. There's someone out there selling solar panels just because I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And totally. And also think like, look, what I've, what I've learned in my 34 years, soon to be 35 years on this planet is it actually doesn't matter what you do as long as you are happy. And so like this idea sure. of like this pursuit of happiness concept is actually really true, right? It's like there are people that do a job that I would hate that they love and they love right. it so much. And it's like for them, it doesn't feel like work, right? But the thought of me doing it is like so stressful. Like, oh my God, I'd hate to do that. Just yeah. find what makes you happy and make that your life and commit your life to trying to do it and, and you'll be in a, in a happy place. And, and for starters, stick on this album <laughs> uh, comes from over the wall and then you will feel automatically in a more positive in a more positive yeah, space um, mate before we leave you um, I just want to because um, it's been great to like hear about the album and go into right. detail and I think you know for a lot of people if they haven't had the album yet um, that they will listen to it after after this um, awesome. you know obviously like go go into the music listen to it like just for me it's like sunny day put, put the album on or if you're exactly. driving especially it's, it will work so great in the car um yeah, so for sure so yeah look, thank on a flight you or yeah even exactly on, right anyway, even on a rainy day if you need a little sunshine exactly exactly and just look at the cover and just imagine yep. that that's your that's your view right um but look thanks for for going into detail of the album thank you, man. really really good to know that just before we leave you one thing I'd, i would really like to to share with our listeners and i'm sure that we have a lot of listeners who are artists themselves yeah. and are looking to kind of understand like how how they can get signed and what the kind of things they need to do because, you know, we, we spoke yeah. about it briefly in terms of how it came about with contacts and stuff, but if you could share any advice with people in terms of like what they need to do and what they should expect um, and the well, way to, sure. sign. I think a uh, cool, like for sure, the number one thing is hustle and like, I'm not going to say don't take advice because you need people that you trust and take their advice, but like sometimes they're wrong too. You need to take your own advice first and foremost. And it sounds like crazy, uh, especially to reference like Kanye in this sense. But he said once, um, the only person's opinion that I trust 100% of the time is my own. And even though Kanye West is sometimes out of his mind, I still agree with him. That is good advice. That really is. like Because no one is going to know what's best for you. Just like when I, when I talked about that song Gucci, man. Like If I just listened, and I almost didn't send it because half the team didn't like it. I almost didn't send it. And if I didn't send it, I probably wouldn't even be talking about this album right now because it wouldn't be out. Um, and that's really crazy. So I think that hustle, don't listen to what people say. Get on the phone. It, it didn't happen overnight, man. It, I was rapping since I was seven years old. like, And I started taking it seriously almost 10 years ago. Uh, but I wasn't ready also. I wasn't ready any of those times. When I was ready, it did happen. So trust that when it's ready, it will happen. Hit the phones every day. Send the emails. Don't do what you don't like because like, don't half-ass your, your music because you feel like you're obligated to do this other job. Like That is a recipe for disaster. I promise you. A lot of people say, oh, every successful artist had a day job, and maybe they did, but every artist I ever listened to at a certain point, quit that day job and focus on music as full-time. That's when they made it. Um, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm just saying if you feel like you want to make it in whatever it is, anything, you got to put 110% and even more. Um, so it's just about that, hammering the contacts, making those relationships, sending the music, keep on sending the music, even when they say no. Then 
make sure they say no also. That's what I always told my friends. I said, I'm going to make them say they can't help me. And if they don't say that, I'm going to keep sending it. Um, and that's what I did. So I kept on making music, kept on making music. And when they didn't like the, the last one, I didn't get discouraged. I said, all right, I'm going to make a better one. And then you're going to like this one. And eventually that did work out. So I think that, you know, uh, as much as they say it's one in a million, I never believed that because I thought that that was bullshit. And I thought that like, yeah, maybe there's a million people out there that want to be rappers, but I'll tell you one thing that I learned that you, that will save you a lot of time. Uh, if you're an artist out there, when I went to start playing shows, when I went to start working with other artists, yeah, there's a millions of artists out there. There's not that many of them that are actually professional, that are actually serious, that actually write a professional email. You have no idea how many people, how many people I tried to book in for a show that sent me a three word email. Don't do that shit. Cause no one is going to sign you that way. You have to be a professional and treat this like a job and a business because this is what it is. To the people at the top, to the people at like a Sony or Universal, this is a business straight up. This is about dollars and cents. That's like the straight out truth. So if you want to get it, you got to be professional, man. You got to act like you want it because like I'll tell you that when I get those emails, even if the music is good and I've worked with them – it's always a troublesome experience. You know, there's always another problem. There's always something else. So have your shit together. Come prepared. Be prepared. Know what you want and take check everything off the list. Don't leave anything on the list. Make sure everything is ready. Once you feel you're 100% ready, then send it and do your research. Make sure you get what you want. Like I said, I was trying to get signed to Sony for two years to the orchard, not specifically uh, before we did it, because that was like the ideal situation that I thought for, for us. And lastly, you know, anyone who feels that they're ready and meets this criteria, um, our website is therealblacktie.com and we have a contact page on there. And if you really feel you're ready, send us an email. There you go. No excuses now, right? Everyone's, everyone's got the, the inside track and they've got exactly. an outlet to, to send over. So yeah, but or not, it's make sure you reach out. Um, exactly. Bro, thank you so much. Honestly, I can't tell you how uh, how much you filled my heart with joy when you reached out to me to tell me the news. I was so pleased for you. Thank um, you. Thank you so much, bro. Obviously, I speak to like lots of different people, various different stages in their career. And the one thing everyone has in common, the one thing that you definitely have is that is that hard work and that grind, but also that humility. Um, and again, you mentioned thank about you, being man. professional there. Like it's, it's, it's so easy to, uh, to organize these like um, stuff, like, you know, these interviews with you. <laughs> so yeah, couldn't happen to a better guy, man. So I'm really made up for Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, where can people follow you? Like, if they're not following you on social media already, um, where can they? Where can they follow you, mate? Yo, follow me everywhere at Small Boss MC. That's S M A double L B O double S M C. Everywhere, my brand new album "Colors from Over the Wall" is on all streaming platforms. We got uh, our song "Gucci" with Slam Type is on TikTok, doing big things on TikTok, man. We got, almost got a got a million views on one video or some crazy thing like that so get on your tiktok uh, vibes and hit those dance moves if you got them uh send us your music if you got it therealblacktie.com man i'm looking forward to hearing from you guys and uh big john bass in the place to be you know what it is it's the notorious pod no respect brother always appreciate you and look stay in touch like um, it'd be great to have an update on on anything that you're doing like always uh, always welcome for sure Um, and also, you, you know, if you've got um, other artists on the label that want to come on and talk about stuff. and Yeah, man, we would love always... to link something up like that at some point. And if you guys need some uh, East Coast uh, commentary, you know where to go. You know who to call. You know where to go. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Well, look, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure as always. 
Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to uh, rate and review us. Um, you can do that on, on iTunes and everywhere that you listen to the Notorious P.O.D. Um, so thanks for joining us and get ready for the next episode. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D. A hip hop podcast. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love at Music Grindhouse and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D House. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favourite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious P-O-D. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J-O-N-B-A-S-S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.